0: We're back at Tower Two, six oh five. I'm Randy Corcoran. Good to have you here. Our phone number three zero three six nine six nineteen seventy one, six nine six nineteen seventy one. We're going to move on from Fox News reporting on emotional support alligators and a couple suing Shanghai Airlines. I think it was Shanghai for a gas passing dog. What in? I guess they've got Mark Levin on now, so their programming is saved at least for an hour. We've got an awful lot to do as well, and we'll get to it, but uh, we have lassoed, tracked down, tied up, dragged in Christy Burton-Brown, the former chair of the Colorado State GOP. She has moved on to bigger, brighter, and better things, working alongside one of the really good guys in politics, Michael Fields, at Advance Colorado. Christy Burton-Brown joins us now, and the first question on everybody's mind, Christy, is, Just how much do you miss being chair of the Colorado State GOP?
1: Oh, that is a great question, Randy, and thanks for having me on. Uh, It depends on the day. Some days I actually miss it a lot. Um, I loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, But other days, I can tell you it's pretty nice to deal with policy and issues and ballot initiatives and not always some of the infighting. Um, But despite that, it really was a great two years, and now I'm excited about policy.
0: Were you were you just feeling sort of sad and afloat that you were unable to come in and do the Colorado State Assembly meeting today all day at the <laughs> Rock Church?
1: You know, I think you guys <laughs> have it under control, and it sounds like you did.
0: <laughs> yeah it, uh, it it was uh, it really was a great meeting. I enjoyed being there. I hated to pull out late, but uh, most of the important work was done by the time, or pull out early. I mean, to not be late getting here. Most of the important work was done, and and now it's behind us, so thank goodness for that. But you called in for a whole different reason, and it's a good one because um, I know the person that you guys are bringing into town. Uh, I've had him on the radio before, met him at events uh, not here in Colorado but other places around the country, and why don't I just turn it over to you and tell folks what you're doing and why it's so very important.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity, Randy. Um, On October 21st, we, and we as Advanced Colorado, the organization I now work for, we are hosting the first uh, Parents' Rights Education Summit here in Colorado, and it is free to anyone who wants to come. Uh, Limited seating, and it's filling up, so I just encourage any listener who wants to come, sign up right away. It's advancedcolorado.org. You can sign up right on our homepage, Um, but a free education summit focused on parental rights. It'll be anything from, you know, why you should consider running for school board to how to effectively exercise your rights as parents and what they are, whether we're talking about curriculum transparency or um, a whole host of issues that go on in um, our neighborhood public schools. Also, what what really is school choice? What are your options if you need different choices for your kids? We'll talk about education as a civil rights issue of the day. And then also, um, we are bringing in Corey DeAngelis, who is a really big name in the school choice movement nationally. He's going to be our lunch keynote speaker. And again, all this is free if you want to come and talk about parents' rights, um, meet other people who are really passionate about it, um, and lunch is included.
0: That is really terrific and because, you know, <laughs> these days people can't afford to go to this and go to that and buy lunch at the same time. So the fact that you guys are yeah. able to pull that together and bring in a big name like Corey DeAngelis, I, uh, I'm just reading the blurb that you have on him, but I've read this before. He's been labeled the school choice evangelist and called the most effective school choice advocate since Milton Friedman. That is high praise on... You know, there's so many high, high significance issues that we have to deal with, but none of them are more important than what's being done to our children and what we need to do to fix it.
1: I I think you're right, Randy. It's one of the top issues of the day. And it's also something that I think we as conservatives, as as Republicans or whatever party you're affiliated with, if you identify yourself as a conservative, um, it's one way we really can make inroads into a state like Colorado it's one of the issues that suburban moms who often vote against us are actually really passionate about is their kids. And so I think being conservative to open the door to people and say, you know what, we want to partner with you as you fight for your kids and we fight for ours um, and talking together about options and choices. And we know, Randy, you know, better than almost anyone else, how the left just doesn't want parents involved in their kids' lives. I know you've covered a lot in your program, all the ways the teachers' unions um, shut the door on parents and stonewall them when they try to do anything at their kid's school and literally pretend like the government can raise kids better than parents can. And and so I think because this is such an essential issue that is one of the reasons we're making this free for people, um, it'll be a great event, whether you've been a longtime activist and just want to connect with more people, or whether you're kind of new to it and, and you have finally come to the place where you say, I want to get involved in helping the next generation, in changing the education system, in bringing some reforms, and taking hold of my rights as a parent. I think that's vital for everyone. And this will be a perfect opportunity for people to do it. And again, you can sign up at advancedcolorado.org at the website. It's the Parents' Rights Education Summit on October 21st, completely free.
0: Incredible, includes lunch. And I wasn't thinking about this when I added this audio tonight, I was going to talk about this topic. The education piece is also an extremely important election issue for electing conservatives, for electing Republicans, and this was one of the great triggers. COVID exposed what was going on in the schools to so many parents, things they couldn't have dreamed were actually happening there. They saw with their own eyes, and then this happened. This was um, Glenn Youngkin debating Terry McAuliffe for the governorship of Virginia, I believe parents should be in charge of their okay. kids' education. Mr. McCullough, 30 seconds. That was Yunkin. So, first of all, this shows how clueless Glenn Yonkin is. He doesn't understand what the laws were because he's never been involved here in helping Virginia. But it was not. It, the parents had to write to veto bills, veto books, Glenn, not to be knowledgeable about it, also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents you come into schools bill. and actually you take books out and make their own decisions.
2: You vetoed it. So, to yeah, I parents, th- you stopped the bill that I don't think parents should
0: be telling schools what they should teach. Good. That was the devil. The first guy was Yunkin. And uh, and it uh, literally cost McAuliffe that election in Virginia, I'm sure. And has just spurred a movement yeah. that's just grown proportionately astronomically around the country. So so terrific that you guys can put this together. Tell them one more time what it is.
1: Yeah, it will be the Parents' Rights Education Summit, the first of its kind we've had in Colorado. Advanced Colorado is sponsoring it, hosting it. It'll be in the DTC area. It's at a hotel in the area. So easily accessible, Um, free lunch with Corey DeAngelis as the keynote speaker. He's so great on issues of parents' rights and school choice. And that is what we'll be focusing on um, for the entire summit is parents' rights, how to exercise them, how to know what they are, and um, how you can help other people exercise them in your school district so you're not alone and you can build a team. And then also just what school choice means and all the options that exist for parents that I think haven't always been talked about, um, because there's more than just the obvious choices. We just want to help open the door for parents and help them exercise their rights.
0: And this session will be of particular interest to a lot of listeners to this show, because so many of us are activists, Grassroots 101, starting a Parents' Right movement Right there in your own district, that is that is grassroots at its best,
1: yes, absolutely, and we're going to have we have multiple panels of people who've done this and who are going to say exactly how they carried it out. They're going to stay there the whole time, so you can go up and talk to them personally. This is going to be a great opportunity to connect with people too who are doing what you want to do as a parent and exercising your rights across the state. So really good for connections and relationship building as well.
0: Changing the world one student at a time, one school board at a time, one argument, one... Argument's the wrong word, uh, although a lot of times it turns into argument. But uh, I, I just... I don't know how you feel just looking long term. You know, Colorado's obviously in some dire straits. We've got... HH, I just saw how they presented it in the blue book. Uh, I know this is something that you at the Advanced Colorado have talked about quite a bit. But I have this optimism, Christy, that people are truly waking up. And uh, and we're going to watch that pendulum swing back the way it needs to go.
1: Yeah, well, and to your point, Randy, it really is about one person at a time. Some Sometimes I think we always want to see the huge, big victories right away. I mean, who doesn't? But when we don't see that, I think it's about being faithful person to person, issue by issue. And that's something that's within all of our power to actually do.
0: Well, we will definitely promote this at the next Tea Party meeting and uh, talk about it again before it comes up. So uh, as long as you've got tickets, let us know and we'll keep pushing it out there. And thank you for your time tonight. Uh, Love to your family. I hope you have a good rest of your weekend.
1: Thank you so much, Randy.
0: All right. That's Christy Burton-Brown, former chair of the Colorado State GOP, has moved on to... Something I'm guessing, probably an awful lot of work, but a lot more fun. Party politics is really, really tough. But remember when McAuliffe said that? Yeah, I don't think parents should be telling schools what to teach their kids. Oh, boy, talk about a viral moment. And, uh, and allowed Yunkin to step in and do some great things over the last couple of years in Virginia. Did you know that in Virginia... The governor's term is only two years, and the governor can only run for one term. So you are term limited. It's biggity bang, bangity boom. And uh, that's why a lot of folks think that Glenn Youngkin may be the savior for the never Trumpers in the Republican Party, uh, the people who are scared about Trump, the folks who think we you know have to have an alternative to Trump or that Trump is going to be in prison or can't run or whatever, whatever their concerns happen to be. That Glenn Youngkin can be the one parachuted in at the last minute on the Republican side. And, uh, and of course my belief been talking about this for years, last couple of years with folks like my friend, Joel Gilbert, filmmaker, Joel Gilbert, Michelle Obama will be the parachuted in savior for the Democrat party. As we get closer to the conventions next year, (sighs) man, it makes your head spin sometimes. So I, um, picked up this flyer at the Colorado State GOP Central Committee meeting. It's from a group called Winsome Ministries 2023, Winsome Ministries 2023. And I haven't verified provision by provision, you know, compared to the statute. I haven't had a case yet involving all of this. But here's what this flyer says. Did you know Colorado laws enable youth to pursue gender transition treatments without parental consent these new laws pave the way for children to be removed from a parent's care and placed in foster care if the parent does not affirm the child's chosen gender identity and i i know the laws have changed i know they've been liberalized so to speak progressivized so to speak. I have no reason to doubt that this is accurate. We, we talked before about the changes in California law where in a divorce case, when you're fighting over the custody, the care and control, your visitation with your own children, that your failure to affirm their gender choice can be used against you as a parent. Now, what if you are a Christian? What if you are a scientist? What if you are a psychologist or a psychiatrist who understands that gender dysphoria is a mental disease? Doesn't mean you're crazy. Doesn't mean that you're don't have worth as a human being and should be loved and supported and cared for. But it is an illness. Used to be listed, you know, in the in the uh, what's that thing called the DSM? uh, Oh, I forget. But now. It can be if you have a belief, a science-based belief, a religious-based belief, a logic-based belief that we don't give our children surgery that removes body parts and chemicals that change their development and the way they grow up and whether they can actually have children in the future or not, we don't let them make that decision. And... Even if there are states, and, you know, I'm a Tenth Amendment guy, I believe in federalism, states make their own decisions, but even in states where the people, through their voting, through the people that they elect, decide that this is something we want to support, you never, ever take the parents out of the equation, period. These, These laws will have to make it up to the U.S. Supreme Court. They'll have to. More from this little flyer. Did you know that Colorado youth, 12 years old and older, have the right to mental health counseling services without parent or guardian consent? These services are usually offered online, so parents do not know who is speaking into their youth's life. And biblical counseling is prohibited. By Colorado law, according to this flyer, I have not looked at the statutes. I know that they've changed to this. I mean, toward this direction. This is from Winsome Ministries, something I picked up at the GOP meeting today. Did you know that by Colorado law, all licensed mental health providers, including certified Christian counselors, must affirm a child's stated gender identity? Christian counselors are prohibited from providing biblically-based biblically, bl- 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 counseling to help a child overcome their gender dysphoria. If they attempt to understand other factors contributing to the child's distress or do not affirm without question, the state can revoke their counseling license. What in the hell is going on here? This is a place like Denver and decay under Democrat control. And it is the worst, worst thing ever got to get up to the Supreme court. I, I, you know, as a lawyer, family lawyer, hear the things that kids say, see the things that parents do to their kids when they're fighting amongst themselves. I I know the horrors and I know that kids, you know, have been trained, through what they hear at school to tell their parents, you you know you you can't do that to me. I'll call social services on you. And we sort of jokingly had that conversation at my house once. And I said, look, uh, you you can you can do what you want, but you know as soon as I find out about it, um, I'm I'll just whip you and then put you in the barn until all the bruises and marks heals before you call anybody. And so you know, it's, <laughs> you're in my house. It's my way or the highway. And you know, didn't have to whip my kids, but. Um, that was just always my attitude. You know, you don't, don't as a child think that because your teachers are putting crap in your face, in your brain, that, uh, you get to come home and, and all of a sudden assert control because not on your life. And my wife and I monitored what went on at their school. We had litigation against the school. I literally, I've told this story before, but new people come in and out of the show. Literally brought dragged the cherry Creek school psychologist into my conference room at my law firm for a video deposition that lasted for hours because of something they were trying to force us to do with one of our children. And there's not a damn chance we were going to do it. And by being able, by having the tools, the ability to utilize the litigation system, we never had to. It was so, it was Oh, man, my I I should have let my wife conduct that examination because it was hilarious. The things they were drawing as conclusions about one child and they had videos from the classrooms and you could just see kids all over just being kids. And they were attributing, you know, some kind of um, ADD or, you know, one of the we got to get them on drugs. Never, ever, never, ever was that going to happen to our kids. Not while my wife was alive and it didn't. But they're turning it around, man. They are turning it around. And that's why things like what Christy Burton Brown has is, is, uh, told us about, learning to get control of these school boards, learning to become a parent advocate in your school district, so very important. And it's working. And it will help us in elections as well. All right. We do have to take another break at 623. We'll get to more phone calls when we return. Our phone number, 303-696-1971. Stay with us on Wake Up with Randy Corporan 710-KNUS. I keep mentioning all these weird songs that pop up. And, of course, we all know that song. But what I liked about that version is is that's Glenn Campbell and Bobby Gentry singing that song together it was just a beautiful harmony. What do you want from me? It's 1968 and I was what, nine years old. And I, I really did love, love all these songs. In fact, my first experiences in radio was as a music DJ, adult contemporary, you know, hundred thousand watt FM blasted all over Fort Collins and Greeley and Windsor and Longmont and that whole area there. College town. It was, it was ideal. It was fun for bachelor little old me. Um, especially the remotes with my Doberman, my Red Doberman, DJ the Doberman Dog, I used to refer to him as on the radio. But then I got to take over the oldie show. Dan Mitchell left the station, and he was doing the Sunday morning rock of age's oldie show, and I just fell in love and got so familiar with those songs. So when these cool versions pop up, I'm sharing them with you, and I hope that you like it. Anyway, I'm back. The spending stopgap bill, I've been trying to read a little bit about it on the break, has passed. Kevin McCarthy trying to save his ass. Everybody's afraid of a government shutdown. Big, big mistake for Republicans, especially when for the first time I'm hearing polling, national polling that says a government shutdown would be blamed on Democrats because of their reckless, irrational, out of control spending. But no, no, Kevin McCarthy, let's just buy five weeks or six weeks because, you know, Get, let's get close to Thanksgiving because everybody wants to, uh, you know, deal with another threat of a shutdown at Thanksgiving and Christmas. This is how the old guard parties work, have worked for decades now. And so we sit here with $33 trillion in debt. We sit here with our currency likely, or at least maybe if not likely, more than just a little possible to no longer be the world's currency. Gas and oil is being traded in currency that is not the American dollar. Inflation, all of it, you know the mess. It's just out of control. All right, I've been doing a lot of talking tonight. We've had calls. We haven't gotten to them, but let's go to my friend Laurel Eimer, former congressional candidate, former, guys run for an awful lot of things, grassroots activism at its very best, Not shy, as we learned today at the Colorado State Assembly meeting. And, Laurel, I thought it was pretty funny. I told this in the opening. By the way, is the meeting now over?
3: Yes, the meeting is over, yes.
0: Okay, because how long did it go? Because I I was told that we had to be out of there by 4 o'clock. Didn't look like that was happening when I left.
3: We got out almost exactly on 4
0: o'clock. Oh, good. So it moved pretty quickly at the end. Well, that's great. Were there any surprises at the end?
3: Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I think everything went according to what we expected it to be.
0: All right. Well, I made the comment in the uh, just now that, you know, certainly not bashful. And I did tell the story during the first hour of the show that the debate came up for open primary. And my colleague and friend, Republican National Committee woman Vera Ortegon, stood up to um, – say her piece against the opt out. And I thought, well, if the committee, you know, if if one of the committee people is going to speak against it, since I'm for it, I should probably get up there as well. And I to it, I admit I crowded in line because, it, you know, time was running short on the debate clock um, and they didn't mind. They said, OK, go ahead. And I wound up standing right behind you. And so why don't you tell the story, Vera arguing against the opt out? And then you came along and not only rebutted her arguments, made your case, but had an announcement of your own.
3: Yeah, well, I have to be completely honest. That was not my intention. Um, But sometimes God speaks to you and says, seize the moment. And so um, that's exactly what I did. So I am wholly and completely for the opt-out. I am for the lawsuit uh, to repeal the open primary, and I voted today for the opt-out. And I am not... Uh, squeamish about how I feel about that. I believe that it's the right process and the right move for us as a party to move forward. And so I spoke my piece and I respect Vera Ortegaon greatly. Uh, She's done a a wonderful job. She's a great lady, but in this case, I believe she was wrong. You cannot be for the opt out as the lawsuit, but against the opt out when we're standing there voting by the central committee, It, it doesn't make sense. It's like saying, you know what, I'm allergic to peanuts. But I still eat peanut butter. It just isn't logical how you can support one but not the other. They go together. They're meant to go together. And it's a facilitator to make the process of the lawsuit happen more efficiently and give us better standing. If we can say that as a party we have voted against this already and we move forward and it potentially elevates the lawsuit faster because there's a possibility that the secretary of state or someone would sue us on that regard. So it's a way to push this thing forward so that we can have uh, the proper representation of Republicans on our ballot and use our autonomy as a Republican Party to do so. So I said my piece, and then I realized that I clearly had the ear of that room. And so I took it to make my announcement to run to be the new RNC committee woman beginning in 2024. And my official announcement will be October 21st.
0: So uh, a dog in the race for national committee woman. That is pretty interesting. Are there any other people running that you're aware of uh, to stop? And Vera, I guess, did she make an announcement today after I left that she was going to seek reelection?
3: No, she did not make any announcement. OK, today.
0: well, I, I received a letter. And, and so I know that she and it's probably because we the there was so much to do at the meeting. I gave the pledge, but there were no reports from the committee people or other leaders. We just jumped right into business, and good thing, given uh, how much we got done. And by the way, I have to say, that was a well-run
3: meeting. Yes, Dave, you know, it's interesting. Um, There's some voices in the room who still don't particularly care for Dave Williams, but I have to say that even those voices respect his ability to run a meeting. And that was part of the reason to elect him as chair. He has a presence behind a podium like no one I've ever seen. That's the way he was as a legislator, and he carries that through as as the state party chairman. And he just runs a fantastic meeting. He's fair. He's balanced. He's, he's you know, just even-toned. Um, he doesn't get upset. And it keeps the the process moving forward in a, in a manner that we can get the business accomplished, even when we have debates. We can get that accomplished in a, in a way that, um, works for everybody, and that's what we are supposed to do as the elected body of the central committee: is to do the business, the party business, to represent our constituents the best that we can. And that's why it's so important to show up.
0: Well, and not and, not only that, he, I really appreciated what he learned from the first meeting, the changes that were implemented. Uh, I love that these cards go out; they already have your credential with them. You can scan it, then you sign for it. They've added a sort of a chain of custody so we could check and double check. Um, the numbers were updated. Mark Baisley, who, you know, everyone likes and trusts and admires, uh, in charge of the credentialing. He did smart things, like if you're a non-voting member, you can't sit here with the voting members. He's cordoned off an area for the non-voting visitors so that they wouldn't get confused. You know, we wouldn't confuse people who are standing or sitting as voting, as making votes and making decisions, because that's always been a problem. And well. uh And, you know, the way he divided up the mics for for the for this issue and against this issue and, you know, went back and forth and just just some real common sense stuff. We had food there. People could order lunches in advance. The uh, Hispanic Republicans brought in a hot dog factory, for goodness sake, with drinks and chips. It was it was just a very a lot of work got done in a in a long day, but it wasn't as hard as it's felt in the past.
3: Correct. And I think that's something that's important. I think people feel that I think it's a much more relaxed environment. It's not as tense, even with this opt out vote, which was very tense today. There was really no tension, yeah. even amongst the people who disagreed. We all were there to do a job. And, and it was it was um, we're all amiable towards that. We know that at the end of the day, what we must have is unity within the party. And we'll get there. We really will. Uh, but what we have to do is continue to move forward Um and, and represent the people who, who elected us to vote in this body, it's really important. And the people who don't show up, they need to take a step back and they need to think about what they're doing. In Jefferson County, as an example, I believe we had 158 people trying to gain position on the Central Committee with 32 spots. If we have people who do not show up and do their job, we had other people who wanted to be there, right? And so moving forward, if you don't wanna represent then don't run for these positions because it's a duty and it's an honor and a privilege to represent the constituents who have put you there. And you need to take it seriously, just like you would any other elected position in the state.
0: Talking with Laura Limer just announced her candidacy to challenge the Republican National Committee woman, Vera Ortigon, and also uh, stood very strongly in favor of the opt-out. And another thing though, that really impressed me and I'm sure it's the opt-out provisions that uh, drove this is, you know, one of the problems in, the, one of the things that makes the law unconstitutional is that the virtual impossible 75% of the entire membership threshold in order to opt out. But because of that, we saw a tremendous turnout at the Central Committee meeting, something like 403 or 404 of the 408. We had, no, go ahead. Yeah,
3: we had 402.5 total possible votes, which was a representation of 96.3%. Of the membership.
0: That's terrific. That's the first time in my, you know, tenure and as committee man and attending these things even years before that, that we got those kinds of numbers. So another step yeah, the in the right direction.
3: Part, the concerning part is still the proxies. We did have a bylaw change about the proxies today, which I think will help. But we still had of that number, um, 186 were proxy representations. Again, we still have people who don't show up. They want to do it, but they don't take the time to be in that room. And you need to be in that room. You need to speak to the other people because you can be swayed one direction or the other in a conversation, and you need to show up, and 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 it's a, it's a community effort, and we're a body. Um, it's kind of like going to church, right? I mean, we were in a church today, but it is kind of like that. And And the more camaraderie you have together, the more unity you can build. You can't build unity when you're staying home and just sending a piece of paper And asking someone else to represent you. So we really need to work on getting uh, the people to show up. And I think working on those proxy numbers is the next thing uh, to make sure that we we get better representation in that fact. But we we made great strides today. We came in with 64.3% for the opt-out, which was above, like you talked about earlier, above where we were um, a month ago and way above where we were two years ago.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I know there's there's varying opinions and I've debated this issue with my co-counsel, John Eastman. And I also know that the radical left has some poor, sad sack who has to listen to this show because I'll see, you know, clowns like Suitboy Kyle Clark tweeting about something that I said, <laughs> uh, naming me by name. And so I, I know that they have to listen. And I don't maybe if we had opted out, that would have sent a strong message. But the fact that virtually a supermajority of the Republican committee voted to opt out, almost two-thirds voted to opt out, and the threshold is still is so impossibly high, um, right. I, I don't think that hurts our argument one bit. And And, you know, I was telling people, and I think I said this publicly at the meeting, this is a constitutional violation. The threshold is less important than the fact that the U.S. Supreme Court has already said that a private organization such as the Republican or Democrat parties get to decide how they choose their candidates, how they select their officers. Correct. And so thresholds or not, I think the argument still stands. But the fact that almost a supermajority voted to opt out and we still can't opt out ought to help our arguments quite a bit, I think.
3: Well, exactly. And and another thing that I mentioned today, and this is an important piece of the puzzle, is the lawsuit to to try to keep President Trump off the ballot. If we were holding these elections uh, privately within the Republican Party like we should and like we have the right to do, we would be able to control that. And nobody would be able to stop a duly um, nominated candidate to be on the ballot. And so this is another piece of that puzzle. So it's very, very important that we that we continue to move forward in that regard. Um, You know, and we have to be responsible to the voters. And I think the roll call vote today was also an important thing that we did because it shows. Um, where we have work to do and where we can maybe continue to make strides to try to help people to better understand what we're talking about when the opt-out. I think because a lot of the people, as we know, after the fact, everybody voted, they still want the lawsuit, right? So they still want closed primaries. They still want this. They just don't want it in the manner that it's being presented for some reason. So we're not doing a good enough job in educating so now we know who those people are and how we have to go back to the table and continue to educate and be uh, more forthcoming with information and make sure that they understand what it is that we're talking about. Um, and I have something to say about that whole transgender thing you were talking about. Well, before, so,
0: before we transition to that, let me just yeah. say uh, one last thing about the, the meeting today. The fact that the opt out was handled by as a roll call vote. There were some surprising nays to me, some surprising no votes. But now I know me who too. they are. Uh, because yeah. they used yeah. you know, they used to be able to vote by county, so the county would just present their vote tally, but we didn't know the individual votes. Kind of hard to verify some of those votes as well. People had to stand up on the record, and we'll be able to look back on that and say, hey, you know, this is somebody who I think if if we talked it through might understand why this is so important to do the next time if we haven't already successfully overturned Prop 108. So now I'll turn it back over to you for the transgender thing.
3: Yeah, well, I just wanted to make a comment. I mean, it is a violation of my personal liberty to make me be a party to your delusion. And I stand on that. I am all about liberty, and I'm all about freedom. Everybody knows that about me. I do not care what adults do. Adults are free to do, as long as they're not breaking the law, I don't care what they do. If you want to to, say that you identify as a dog, a cat, beastful pickup truck i don't care a man a woman or whatever as an adult you have the right to do that but you as a child children are still standing in corners picking their nose and eating boogers um they they want to grow up to be superheroes and fairy you know fairy tale princesses they don't have a reality check yet as children we have no reason using this propaganda As population control, we're going to have an entire generation of children that are never going to be able potentially to have children because they're going to be maimed and deformed for life. We don't even we haven't seen the repercussions yet, not to mention the mental stability and instability of the whole thing. We're we don't allow we're trying to push gun laws that don't allow under 21 to own a weapon. But yet you can transition yourself from gender. It just doesn't make sense. And this is. And keep it,
0: and keep it from your parents and parents lose their children if they don't support these horrific decisions that are being made by people who have no, you know, people at an age and stage of development who have no business making these decisions at all it's just incredible right
3: so it's it's it's, it's real it's just it's really one of the scariest things i've ever seen we talk about all these scary things that come up every yeah. year when we have an election this is is just so extreme it's hard to put a word to it but larry um, we laura so we need say to october 21st again so october 21st colorado automobile dealers association go to imer for colorado that's i-m-e-r-f-o-r colorado.com get your tickets it is a free event it's in the afternoon. We're going to have live music. We're going to have a cash bar. We're going to have um, entertainment and some snacks. Come and celebrate and join with me and support me to be the next committee woman for Colorado.
0: Have a good night. Good luck. Thank you. All right. God bless. We are late again. We'll get back to the phones and uh, still a whole lot more to do with you as we continue on Wake Up with Randy Corcoran here on 710 KNUS. Talking with Blake Gallagher while that Music was playing and I've, I've heard this song so many times, of course, you know, it's an Elton John song. Goodbye, yellow brick road. Um, but the one thing, and I asked, I asked Blake if he knew anything about this particular singer and he doesn't. So I'm going to shock him in a second when he gets off the phone. I want him to hear this. Um, he said that this person, this singer reminds him of Amy Winehouse. And certainly get that. And this is a singer who can do mimic or, you know, mimics bad because you can still hear that it's her. But she can do an Amy Winehouse style or she can do a Lady Gaga style or she can do an operatic style. But the thing that will blow you away, Blake, are you on the phone still? Can you hear me? The thing that will blow you away. You don't need to go on if you don't want when she did this back in twenty twenty on um on America's Who's Got Talent? Yep. She was thirteen years old. Dang. Yeah. Thirteen years old. We'll do one more clip from her as well. I here I am babbling on about Angelina Jolie, but it, it's just amazing to hear her do other people's songs. Also, uh, uh Randy. Yeah. It is uh it's Jordan. What did I say? Oh, I said Angelina Jolie. Yeah, Angelina, the the actress. (laughs) Durr. You know me in names if I don't write them down. Anyway, let's get back to the phones because everybody's been so patiently waiting. We'll go in order. Jay and Littleton, welcome back to the show.
2: Hi, Randy. Great show. Thank you. I want to start with a little bit of bad news, Littleton, and then go to Mayor Eric Johnson in Dallas, who's my new hero that converted to Republican. Yes. Along with his 7 million constituents, or, you know, uh, people that live there. Uh But in Littleton, uh, I just found out recently, in District 2, there's a card-carrying communist socialist slash whatever by the name of Robert Reichert running for city council, who is running unopposed in Littleton. He was on the school board, um, local school board in Littleton and I understand did some horrible things. We just need to find someone to run against this person in District 2, which is the kind of the courthouse in Old Littleton, downtown Littleton, that area. And he moved from downtown Denver to a million dollar home in Littleton Mm. and just came to that area to destroy it with their urban ways into a suburban environment. Um, and it's just troubling. No one is running opposing to this person. The election's coming up, so hopefully we can circle back to that and get your opinion. But it's uh, it's just very upsetting that these people are transplants, but they really are just like little Trojan spies. And they come out. And, you know, it's go ahead.
0: it's a machine, and they take advantage of these so-called nonpartisan races. I am convinced that we have a number of Democrats who have also, you know, flipped their party affiliations to run in as Republicans, especially in open primary states, which is why we've had, you know, so many Republicans do things that um, that a platform loving and following Republican would never, ever consider.
2: Yeah, well, let's find someone to run against him that loves the the county, the state, the city and all that. But I, I just was troubled by not hearing on the evening news or national news of any substance that mayor uh, Johnson Eric Johnson in Dallas which from the Democrat to Republican but listen to his points these are just classic those include wanting to find common-sense solutions to political differences striving for law and order and practicing
0: fiscal
2: uh, uh, conservatism that's perfect and now he's the Republican mayor till 2027.
0: Well, this uh, you may not know this little tidbit, which I thought was interesting. Um, I read about this. I might have been on a plane or something, but uh, sometime earlier this week. But the switch of Dallas Mayor Eric Johnson from Democrat to Republican makes him now the mayor, uh, the the largest city in the United States to be led by a Republican mayor, I guess is a good way to say it. So how yeah. big is that? And, you know, there have been an, a bunch of Democrats switched to Republican over the last year or so over border issues, over law enforcement issues, over kid transition issues. And I think we'll see more of it as we head into the 2024.
2: Look look at our uh, soldier from Hawaii that switched over. Now is yes. speaking very conservatively. Uh, what is her name? The, the good-looking brunette from Hawaii. Yeah. a congresswoman. Yeah. And she... But one other thing that this Eric said is he said these cities around the, the country have failed the nation by not making public safety a priority, period. This has the most recent campaign. He heavily is geared towards violence, crime in the city. Well, let me tell you, my nephew, one of them died of COVID. He was an operating room nurse, fabulous 56-year-old young man. But the other one was delivering fuel in Dallas, Fort Worth. You know those trucks that you see in the middle of the night? Mm -hmm. The companies down there can't deliver fuel in the middle of the night anymore. Because the crime is so bad, they get commandeered by the gangsters, in Dallas, Fort Worth. So they have to deliver it during the day when the traffic's going on, and you know that's just part of the the regular deal. But. I love this guy. I want to go and embrace him when I go down there to see my family.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, it'll be a lot of fun to track him down and just thank him, you know. But I will. I, I do have to tell you, Jay, with the music coming, that I think oh. it is incredibly sexist and misogynistic of you to refer to Tulsi Gabbard as a woman mm-hmm. or as good-looking. I, I just well, I, do I you not I'm realize there. that this is 2023, and you cannot you. say those things about non-binary Humans who may, she could change her mind at any time.
2: I lost a couple of uncles and several family members in World were II and in Vietnam, so I'll see what the, you know, what else I want. You know that about me, my friend. you
0: damn right, man.
2: Whatever I want from a tall mountain.
0: Love it. Jay, thanks Thank for you. waiting. Thanks for weighing in tonight on the show. We do have the music. Everybody else on the phone, sit tight. Jay's line will be opened up here in just a one 696 i I've got some good sound for you as well. And man, oh man, we're already headed to the final hour of the show, one week into autumn, and really looking at the weather, what appears to be the last couple of really nice, warm weekend days. And, you know, it's a three-day weekend this weekend for Mother Cabrini, and then a three-day weekend next weekend for Columbus Day, or... If you're, you know, politically correct, indi- indi- Indigenous wait a minute. Indigenous People's Day. Good lord. I've been talking too long already, I can tell. Stay with us one more hour.